This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. This is a special episode as Rob Wilson and Gordon Davis have returned to the show. We're going to be catching up with them, get their thoughts on the season so far. For form, obviously, we have to talk about what's been going on with the coronavirus pandemic and will there be a season left to talk about. We'll be talking about near the end of the show, but I want to catch up with the guys and get their thoughts on Fulham's season, have a little fun. With everything going on, talk to them. Also, Emilio Donnell will be joining us and Scott Tanfield from Friends of Fulham. Okay, so let's get going with this special episode of Cottage Talk. So first of all, I want to welcome my special guest back to the show first. Rob, how you doing? Yeah, good evening, Russ. Good evening, guys. It's good to have you back, and I look forward to doing this with you and catching up with you. Yeah, likewise. Okay. Gordon, welcome back again to Cottage Talk. We talked about Fulham over the summer. Thank you again for joining us tonight. No, looking forward to it, Russ. And uh, obviously, I uh, haven't uh, spoken to Scott and Emilio for a while. And uh, Will was on, always on my case. So it'd be nice to have a chat with him as well. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling we might be dealing with that again. But we'll see, we'll see how the show goes. All right. Scott, okay. how are you doing, my friend? Welcome back to the show. It's been a while. How are you doing? Yeah, it's been a while, Russ. Um... No, all good. Um, looking forward to sort of chatting with all the other guys tonight. Um, like everyone else, just been busy, but um, yeah, it's good to obviously have a chat and um, kind of press on with all things full and while we've got this break. Yes, absolutely, Scott. And I look forward to getting your views on uh, everything full that we talk about in this show. Mr. Danello, how are you doing there, my friend? I'm looking forward to doing this show, having a little fun as we were talking about with everything going on in the world. Let's have a little fun, right? Absolutely. I think that's all we can do. You know, there's, it's uh, things that are a bit dire out there, but I think with no football, it's good to get the, the our two legends back on. I just, it actually was last August, believe it or not. It's nearly yeah. seven, eight months ago, for goodness sake. So time does fly when we're having fun or not having fun for that matter. So yeah, let's, let's have a bit of fun. Let's just recap the season so far. And uh, yeah, I just want keen to get everyone's assessments in terms of how well or not well that we've performed this season and reflect on the, uh, 
the, you know, our thoughts back in August last year, how we thought we were going to perform this season. Have we met expectations, underperformed, etc.? Yeah, it'd be good to take a light-hearted view and just take a break away from this pandemic of coronavirus. Absolutely. That's why it was your idea, Emilio. I also want to give you credit for bringing us all back together to do this show. And I'm looking forward to it. So let's get going. And Gordon, I'm going to start with you. When you were on back over the summer, we went through your expectations. I believe you were predicting uh, top two to get promoted. So just talk about what you were feeling back then and, and the overall season so far through your eyes. Yes, I, start, I started off the season, um, as you so rightly said, thinking with the uh, squad that we had uh, and, and the players that had just come in uh, to, jo- to join that squad and uh, looking at the other teams that we would be fighting with, um, then I thought we could still sort of finish first or second. I'm still of that opinion, to be perfectly honest with you, if the season goes ahead. But um, I think you, you sort of look at the way that the season started and we had a, a kick up the backside at Barnsley and, and people said it was a, uh, a shock to the system and it was a bad day at the office and they had to learn from it. And I think, yes, over time we've learned from it, but you've got to put it into perspective We've had a good season, and I, and I wouldn't say any more than that. And just, and it's strange if you put it in that sort of phrase. We've had a good season, and we're third in the league. Uh, you'd right. probably be saying we've had a fantastic season, but it's been a good season, and I think we know the, the failings that we've had uh, all all season. Uh, but we're still in there with, with a chance um, of promotion, with sort of ten, twelve games to go. So um, I think the team have done reasonably well all year without sort of taking the league by storm, which I think all the supporters we would have with with the squad. And I think we've underperformed in in a lot of games. So to say we've had a good season is is probably, in my estimation, as far as you can go with regards to where we are, how we've done, and what the players have, have done all season. I think one big stumbling block was Hector not being able to sign right. before the transfer window because he's been a revelation in the second part of the season if he'd have been playing from the first season would we have been running away with the league um, that's all speculation but we've had a good season so far okay and I want to go right back to before I go to Robin I want to get Rob's thoughts on what I'm about to ask you too because you mentioned about underperforming all of our expectations were extremely high including myself yeah. I predicted uh, automatic promotion so why do you think they underperformed do you think it had to do with all these new parts coming together? Uh, still a fairly new coach putting in his own system and, and the players basically getting on the same page. Why do you think they have underperformed up to this moment? Because, again, I expected a little bit more. I think it's coming together now, but why do you think overall they've underperformed? I think it's. it's I think a lot of people would just look at the way that we've played early in the season. And I know it's Scott's philosophy that he wants to control the games by keeping the ball. And that is good if you've got an end product. But I think in a lot of games, we have kept 50, uh, 60, 70, 80% of the ball, but a possession of the ball, but only created maybe four, five chances in a game. And I think at this level, when you're not putting them away, 
um, and you're not getting two or three goals, we, we've paid the price. And I think, first of all, at the beginning of the season, it was the way that we played. And in my opinion, we played too slowly. Um, and then you've got a lot of new players coming in. Uh, yes, on loan initially, but I think Scott had to find what was probably his best 11. And then they had to find a formation that suited them. Because when, you, when you're a new player coming in, you can hit the ground running and everything goes well for you. But if you don't hit the ground running, then it takes you maybe five, six, seven, or, or even 10 games to get into the style of play that the manager wants because you used to be playing a different style at a different club. Uh, plus the fact we picked up, again, certain injuries yep. uh, in, in the early part of the season, which I don't think helped us. So uh, things have gone against uh, the, the club from starting day one on a high and pushing on from there. But uh, as you've mentioned, it's coming together at this time of the year, which is the time that you want it to come together, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see uh, where the season goes from here. But at least the signs look good now rather than the first sort of 10 games of the season. Okay, excellent. Rob, over to you. I, I want to get your thoughts on what Gordon just shared and, and also your thoughts of the season so far. Because um, I'm glad that Gordon mentioned underperforming because um, I feel that as well. And I, I wanted to put my finger on why the club has underperformed. But to be honest with you, we are still third. And that's an accomplishment. But I think it has taken a while. And I know Scott Parker had mentioned that anything was going to take a while to come together. You know, because, again, these are all new players. So... I want to get your thoughts on what Gordon shared about underperforming and overall your thoughts on the season so far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd echo many a point that uh, Gordon says. Uh, if you play back the tape, I think I, like you and Gordon, said that I thought we'd win it, or if not finish second. Um, and, yeah, we're, we're right. You know, we're, I'm in good company with the two of you, by the way. I'll just say that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I, and we're right, and 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 we have underperformed, and certain players have un, underperformed a lot worse than others, and you know it's been a bit part season, and and and, and Gordon's right in terms of in the first ten games of getting some new players used to the philosophy. I just think Scott didn't change games. I think he was a bit naive um, in in his early part of his his, his first job. Um, yeah, we're back on track now, and the pace of the game the last five six games. We seem to be back on track. The likes of Ken, he's, he's been a revelation for the last four games. But before that, you know, where was he? Um, knockouts, not pulled up any trees all season, right. I think. Um, Cav has dipped in and out. And defensively, you know, if we, like we say, if we'd have had X well before 1st of January, we might have been, you know, sitting better than third. But like you say, in the grand scheme of things, with the amount of money we pay, we had the best squad on paper. Uh, yes, we had a new manager um, who was going into his first job. I just think we've been a bit naive in many a game uh, I've seen. Uh, and recently in the last two or three months, you know, going to Charlton, Millwall, Barnsley at home, you know, if you, if you, want, if you want desire and promotion, you've got to go and win them games there. Because um, Leeds can do it. I know Leeds have right. from both had nine or ten games over the Christmas January, which gives us a chance to get back in the race, you know. 
if it weren't for them. And now I think Leeds, I think Leeds will, I think Leeds will run away with it now. If it does finish the season, I think they I can't see them losing a game to be honest. But I think we've got an opportunity with West Brom's form if we do manage to finish the season and the form we're in. Um, I'm hoping that you know we could possibly have a go at nicking second spot. If not, we go into the playoffs, um, which is a lottery. On on the back of good form, if we finish the next uh, nine ten games, uh, you know, in the same vein that we're doing. But in the grand scheme of things, we're, we're third. You know, bottom of my heart, I'd say yeah, I'm disappointed. But um, you know, we're still in with a shout if it does finish. But um, you know, if it was a school report, I would it would be you know could do a lot better. Maybe <laughs> going home to his parents and getting a ticket off. Okay. Well, before I go to Scott and Millie, I want to go back to you because you mentioned something that I've been thinking about a great deal. Basically, we're talking about four players. Hector, I agree with you. I think if Hector was from the beginning, that would make a difference. But I want to focus on these three players. Go back, and let's talk about Tom Kearney emerging now. Why is he emerging these last three or four games, Rob? And then also, the play of Cavallero and Knockhart. Again, this is something that we've talked about on Cottage Talk during the season. Do these players fit? the system of the way that Scott Parker wants to play, is that the problem or are the players themselves the problem? Meaning are they just not performing to their abilities? I, I want to focus on mostly those three players. I know we've talked about Hector as well, but I want your thoughts on, on those three players. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and start with Kearney, he's captain. I mean, obviously he's, he's, he's had a very indifferent season uh, and took a lot of, a lot of flack. Um, I think Scott, you know, didn't know where to play him, whether he was a deep line midfield player or the lad that played sort of ten behind Mitro. Um and, and I think there was a lots of games that obviously he had a, a few injuries and lack of form and, and, and you know, he's he's five, six games now and last three, four he's probably been man of the match and he's he seemed to have up his tempo. I think he's had a he's had a he's had a wake up call. I think, you know, somewhere along the line someone's had a word with him and say you've got to do more. Um so he's definitely changed his attitude and his body language in the last four or five games. It should have been there all season, in my opinion. But, you know what I mean? He, he is one of our best footballers and he's kingpin to way Scott wants to play. Because, you know, if you look at the stats, uh, when we play well, Tom will have, you know, 90, 95% completion rate on, on, on his passes. And uh, he's better as a 10 as opposed to uh, as a four, or call it what you want. The other two, I think, Knockout's been very disappointing, I think. I know he's been a bit part. He's been on and off. He's temperamental. His attitude looks wrong sometimes to me. Um, he, he looks hard work, whereas Cavallero um, just he flitters in and out, scores a few worldies, just final ball lets him down sometimes. You know, he's got a great worth ethic. They both do when they're asked to play wide wing, you know, wide wide players of a three. Um, but I think for the money that they're probably getting paid and, and the experience that they've had previous clubs, Wolves and Brighton, I would have expected more out of them. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, just on them three, that's that's where we're at on on terms of that. As you say, Hector is a re- revelation. And, yep. you know, if uh, I'll do well to keep hold of him if he continues to play like that. Okay, excellent. Mr. Tanfield, over to you. Get your thoughts on what the guys just shared and your overall thoughts on the season so far, catching up with you. Yeah, I mean, on a whole, we sit in third place, Russ. So um, it's got to be said that we're having a decent season. Um, I mean, if, if someone said to me, you know, would you take this position at the end of the season, considering the, the season we had before in the Premier League, I'd, I'd probably bite their bite their fingers off. Um, 
So, I mean, on that aspect, yes, I, I believe we're having a good season. But um, also listening to, obviously, um, Rob and Gordon, you know, I think there's probably a few things there that's probably hampered us kind of finishing a little bit higher. I mean, I did expect us to maybe sort of finish top or, or come second myself. Um, but then, obviously, not stupid to, to know that if we're taking the risk on, you know, sort of an unproven, inexperienced manager, then, you know, we are going to experience bumps in the road and blips. Um, and that could have an underlying effect, of obviously, of where we finish. Um, you know, listening to what Rob said, you know, there's periods there which... You know, I'm I'm sort of slightly disappointed myself when, <clears throat> you know, the Millwall way and, and Barnsley at home, we had a, a sort of a massive opportunity there to catch leads and we kind of didn't. Um, I just feel sometimes Parker plays a system where he rather plays safe than than, than, than going to get the win. Um, and, and like Rob was saying, it's, you look at leads or whatever and they'll just go away from home and they'll batter teams, you know, to go and get that result. And I just wish that we'd do that sometimes, take them risks um, you know, because I feel that's probably what's now kind of going to cost us maybe the top two spots. Um, I mean, outside of that, yes, I mean, the Hector situation, I don't think um, helped us. I mean, we all knew that we needed sort of um, central defence improvements coming into that season. That was delayed and we, we, we kind of kicked off, you know, what we had from the season before. Um, you know, Hector's come in, he's a revelation. Um, you know, he's the first centre-half we've had in a long time that kind of wins everything in the air. He's calm, collective on the ball, and it, it, it's something that we, you know, severely missed, Russ. Um, but yeah. if you look at things in the system, the, the way Scott Parker plays sometimes, I mean, for a team that we've got, you know, with, with that quality in the side, I don't think, you know, time and time again, in every game, we seem to have so many chances and we, we don't tuck away our opportunities. Um you know, and if we did, I think we'd be winning games by sort of two, three, you know, four nil sometimes, um, or four one. It, it would matter if we kind of leaked a goal. Um, but I just think it's those kind of differences that's maybe cost us a little bit this year. Um, I know Gordon said he kind of, based on West Bromwich Albion's form, there's you know, there could be a possibility of us catching West Brom, but. I think for me, and I think Rob's what I think um, Leeds will go on to probably win this division now. And I just don't think the way that we panned out this season, I don't think we've got enough to maybe sort of outscore or or keep up with West Brom for, for second position. So I've got a feeling it's going to be the playoffs for us, which, you know, um, I think most fans would have taken at the beginning of the season. Um, right. My fear is that we've got to try, even though we are an informed team, we've got to try and beat a team over two legs. Um, which I think we'll struggle doing, but we'll see. Um, if this season continues, then we'll find out. Okay, excellent. And uh, I'm glad that you mentioned your thoughts on the season. Also, Scott Parker, we'll be talking about Scott Parker because I, I want to get Rob and Gordon's thoughts on Scott Parker in just a few minutes. Before you do that, I want to go back to Emilio. And uh, Emilio, again, a uh, lot of information there, so I want to get, get your thoughts on the season so far through your eyes, but also what everyone else has shared Everyone's shared a little bit of different little points for us to talk about. So what's your thoughts? Yeah, I think everyone's fairly consistent in terms of, you know, we'll, you know we're third in the league. We should be happy of, and grateful that we're in that position. Um, I think if I remember rightly, I, pro- I, I predicted top six. I didn't think we'd get automatic promotion at the beginning of the season. I think probably more inclined to be right in that respect. I don't think we will get the top two positions. I don't think we're... <laughs> 
we're quite good enough. And to Gordon's point, well, I don't think we've been clinical enough all season. We're not creating enough chances. And it's, other than the yeah, Reading yeah. away and Millwall at home, and I think it was that Derby County 3-0 win in, where Derby were absolutely dire, we've not really set the world alight, you know. And, you know, I look at the home form this season, you know, losing the likes of Hull and Barnsley comprehensively. We were, you know, lost to Bristol City, Reading, Forest. These are just, you know, our home form has not been good enough. And that's, that's, that's been a worry for me all season. But the key thing for me is with the squad we've got, we, sh- we're, we are underperforming. Yes, I agree to Rob's point. We've had a good season because we can't say otherwise that we're third in the league. But in my opinion, we're only third in the league because there are other teams performing better. The other teams are more inconsistent than Fulham. And that's the reason why um, we're third in the league. So I think... We're in a slightly false position, in my opinion. I think we've got away with some some very poor performances and grind out 1-0 wins, which is not necessarily a bad thing at times. Brighton did that a few years ago and got promoted. But we've got away with many sort of really poor, uninspiring performances throughout the season. And some, some of those games we've got away with, 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 with 1-0 wins. Others, we've not been able to convert draws into wins, like the Millwall and Charlton's away. In my eyes, that's four points dropped. So. Yes, I'm I'm happy that we're third. You know, my priority was always to get promotion, so I don't care how how we got there as long as we get promoted. So in that respect, you know, I'm okay to play more less, you know, more uninspiring football if it meant we've got a chance to get promoted. But overall, on reflection, we should be doing better. We're third, and that's only because other teams have not performed as well as uh, as the teams above us and ourselves. And I think we're quite fortuitous to be in third position. That's my honest opinion, and I'm okay. not surprised we are in the top six, but. There's probably more negatives and positives to reflect on. You know, if I look at the whole season, we should be doing better with this squad, with Scott Parker or without Scott Parker. And that's, you know, that's what's uh, the underlying problem for me. But third, we've got a chance still to get top two. I don't think we will. But it's been a sort of a, a fairly, I think, of an average to disappointing season. But we're third. What more can we have? That's, sure. that's more about the quality of the division, in my opinion. The quality of the division is the weakest for many years. And I've said that throughout the season on many occasions. So, why haven't we taken advantage of that? We should be storming this league. Okay, excellent there, Amelia. All right. Well, now let's talk about Scott Parker. I'll bring the guys back on, and we'll get their thoughts on Scott Parker, what they thought of at the beginning of the season to where we are now. Because um, I'm glad that Scott Tanfield mentioned this because, again, there have been situations during the season where I'm thinking, let's be a little bit more aggressive. But Scott's nature seems to be defense first, keep ball, and more conservative. I, I've seen a little bit of a change as the season has gone on to be a little bit more aggressive, but it just seems to be a little bit more safe. So, Rob, I'll go to you first talking about Scott Parker. Let's talk about what you thought going into the season and, and overall your thoughts on how he has managed this side, and do you feel he's progressed as a manager? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the back end of last season when he when he when he first took over a caretaker, um, you know, it was it was always going to be a, a difficult first job for him. You know, uh, going into this season with the squad that he had inherited and, and the investment that we'd made, you know, um, he had the nucleus of a of a team that he was expected to, as we said all night, to to, to be first or second at least. Um, as I said earlier on, I think he's been a bit naive in some games, in some of his uh, tactics, uh, some of his substitutions, some of the tempo of our, our, our games. Like I said earlier, I just think, you know, we need to mix it up a little bit better. Um, you know, sometimes we haven't got the, the right 11 on the pitch to, to do right. that. 
I think we're a little bit too one-dimensional. Um, but I've seen enough in the last five or six games. I think that you know we, we have changed our focus a bit. Maybe he's telling them to be on the front foot a bit more. Or I mean, you know, we we all know what's expected of the the eleven or the thirteen. Uh, he'll put out there. But as I say, I, I think Scott in his first season, like we've said all season, I think he'll, he'll be he'll be happy that it's a it's a good first job for him. He's he's done okay. I'm sure he, he feels the pressure from the chairman, Mr. Khan, that and the investment that we've made that he was expected to get minimum playoffs, uh, which he's sitting comfortably at the moment. Um, but, you know, one eye was probably that they needed to get first or second. So if you ask me the question, if we didn't get promoted, would his job be up for up for uh, consideration? In this day and age of the way football is, yes, it probably would be. Um, but I, I, I like him. I think he's very good. I, I, I like his philosophy, the way he plays. I understand yep. he's very, very good with the players. Um, and he has learned as the season's gone on, uh, definitely. Um, and I would hope, you know, that he's, you know, he's, he's, he's at Fulham for the next few years, that uh, if if we get the promotion or or, or if we don't, yeah, I, I'd like to see Tony stick by him because uh, I just think it's been a, a good season for his first job. And we can all say, you know, if we'd have had a Bielsa or whatever with the squad we had, we might have probably or should have gone on and, and walked this league. But it doesn't happen. The championship is is the most relentless league in the world, you know, and we're never going to get uh, performances like, you know, look at Leeds and West Brom. They're both, as much as we think they've played well, they both had uh, nine, ten games there, Christmas and January, where, you know, they were they were like us. So That's right. Um, I, would, I, would, I would say, yeah, it's a good first job for him. Um, I think he'll have a He'll have a decent career in the game, whether it's at Fulham for many years or not. But uh, I'm quite happy with him, and I'll stand by. Okay. And that's why I wanted to go to you first, because, again, I see the progress. You know, again, I'm glad that we talked about the conservative nature. But I've seen over time, Rob, and that's why before I go to Gordon, I just want to go back to you to talk a little bit more about this. Even in the last match, and some fans came at me when I mentioned that I thought we looked better, even though it was just a 1-1 draw. I could see the change. And I could see just the way that the passing was more fluid and we were looking more forward than sideways. And it just seemed like something was said or something has clicked in. I, I also think Kearney's role has a lot to do with it. But I think that we're not being fair to Parker if we don't say that he has a role in the change of how Fulham have been playing lately. So I just want to go back and say I see the progress as well, Rob. And, I, you know, again, maybe you could say it's just the five games. But even in this last game, I noticed it. Yeah, most definitely. And like you say, whether something's been said behind uh, closed doors, which I think he has had a couple of um, a couple of uh, games this season where he's actually not thrown the teacups at him, but he's actually he is, he's not as nice as you. Uh, he comes across on the uh, on the TV, I can tell you for, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I think that, you know the lads have to take uh, take everything on board. You know, and I think four or five of them have just hit good form. You know, whether it's the bollocking that they had or or the philosophy, the way we're playing, the tempo's a bit quicker, and like you say, we're looking forward a little bit quicker than you know four or five passes sideways. It's going forward a little bit quicker, back to front. Um, so yeah, I think it's a combination. It's just whether we can, if we do finish okay, the excellent. season, whether we can finish the last seven, nine games with that with that philosophy. Okay, very good there, Gordon. Your thoughts on Scott Parker? 
from the beginning of the season to now, I have seen a growth, and I think that only comes with experience and learning what works and what doesn't work and the players all buying in. I could just see a difference going on. I think an adjustment to what he had done at the beginning of the season compared to what's been going on lately. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I think uh, what Rob said, is a, there's a lot of good points there. And for, for me, it goes back to even when he took over uh, the last sort of 10 games in the Premier League, you could yep. see uh, the, the lift that he gave the players after the managers and the way that they wanted to play uh, were just dragging them down week by week. So, so to me, when Scott took over, he had the players on his side, which is a fantastic start for him. Uh, they seemed to be enjoying the game and the way that he wanted to play those last 10 games in the, in the Premier League. And you just think, well, if he's got the players on side, then he's halfway there to, to having a decent job and a decent season. Um, I think when we started off this year, as I mentioned earlier, I think the main problem was that we were very, very slow in, in the build-up from the back. We were playing out from our own six-yard box with the goalkeeper and two centre-halves that far back. And when people put us under pressure, you've got to admit we're not good enough every game to play out from our own six-yard box. Right. And the amount, of, the amount of goals that we've given away probably in the first 10 minutes of a game <laughs> this year has meant that we are chasing games. First of all, in maybe eight or 10 games, we've got two, two goals just to win a game because we're 1-0 down in the first five, six, ten minutes of the game. And, and right. you sort of look at, uh, I know you mentioned the, the, the Derby game, which Derby were atrocious. Oh. We end up sort of uh, beating them quite easily. But a Welsh international for Derby had a chance in the first three minutes of the game. He mishit his, his shot from about ten yards out, put it wide. We could have actually gone again, 1-0 down against a team that we sort of overpowered and just thought, well, they're an average team. So we've given teams, other teams, chances to score against us early on and uh, it's put our backs against the wall by the way that we play. And I, I had a, a, an interview uh, with uh, Malfi Mawson after the Luton game. And uh, I said, if you were in that position and the goalkeeper rolls the ball to you in the six-yard box, when you've got a def- uh, and a forward five yards from you, what would you do? And he said, well, basically, I would have probably kicked it out of play and had a go at the, the goalkeeper. But that's the philosophy that Scott is trying to get into right. everybody. But there's times that you can play that way, and there's times that you've got to push everybody out and say, I'm going to kick it long. So you've got to play to, totally to what's in front of you, and you can't say, this is the way that we're going to play for 90 minutes, from minute one to minute 94 or minute 95, you've got to be able to change the way you play. And I think, with, with Rob saying earlier, yes, he's been a bit naive. His philosophy is, I want you to play this way. But sometimes you've got to go, you've got to have a, a plan B, as people say these days. And I think early on in the season, Scott didn't have a plan B. When I went up to one of the, I didn't know the players were going to be there. But at halftime in one of the games, walked into one of the, the lounges doing our corporate hospitality side of things. And I bumped into Bobby Reed and uh, Harrison Reed. And I said, what do you think of the first half? And they, fair play to them. They didn't say anything. They just looked at me and said, well, what do you think that we've played like in the first half? 
So I said, well, to be perfectly honest with you, I said, if we get the ball a bit quicker to Mitro and we play a 20, 30, 40-yard ball into him and people play off him, then we, we could take this game to the opposition. And Harrison Reed said, so do you think that we're playing a bit too much at the back? And I said, yes. I said, but you don't have to do it all, all the time. So you mix it uh, up. For, mix it up, yeah. And, that's, and Rob said, well, even when we played, we played out of the back, but we could hit Dean Coney with a long ball or myself who would go in behind the fullbacks with a long ball. So you've got to change it. Otherwise, it's too easy to play against. And I think for the first half of the season, we were just too easy to play against. But going on to, to something that you mentioned about yeah. the chances that we, we have, I, I've been mentioning all season that the forwards are playing off scraps. You, we create three chances or two chances for Mitrovic he puts one away and we win a game 1-0 or we draw one all. But that's with two chances in a game. We should be sort of supplying him with five, six, seven, eight chances a game or at least the, the team should be supplying the forwards with five, six, seven, eight chances a game. This is what Leeds do and they overpower teams right. and get uh, late goals. But with the scraps that the forwards are living off, I think we've done really, really well to get into this position of, of being third. And you go on with, with the way that Scott plays. I think early on in the season, it was more of a, I think, a Chris Coleman type attitude. If we come back into the game and we get one all and it's 10 minutes to go, then I'm happy with a point. I'm not going to go for, for, for the three points. But you look at some of the games that we've played recently, Yes, Bristol City, I think a prime example. We only had two, three chances in the first half. One, the keeper makes a world save from from Reed. The header, he probably should have hit the target. Uh, and a Mitro's header goes in, into the goalkeeper's chest. They all came in the last sort of five, ten minutes or even into injury time in the first half. Yet when we go one nil down against teams, then we start playing quicker. Then we start getting the ball forward earlier. Then Tom Kearney is, is playing in that number 10 role. And we, we then start taking the game to teams. And you think, we can win this. Right. But why don't we start games like that and try and overpower teams in the first 15 or 20 minutes? It's a mystery, Gordon. I, I wish I had yeah, the answer so, why. We've talked about this. So, so it, it's, it's that type of thing with, with Scott. I think he's been learning day by day, game by game. And to be perfectly honest with you, as Rob said, Fulham was a fantastic job for him to get his first managerial job. And even if we didn't go up this year, I think he's shown enough and he's shown that he has sort of changed the way that he organises or he plays or the substitutions later on in the season. And you've got to think, it's a young managerial team. He's not got an old head there to bounce things off. It's a very young managerial team that he's got there. So, it's, uh, he may be talking to people outside the game. Fine, that's not a problem. But sometimes you need somebody just to have a word with him and say, do you think this would be a little bit better for the first 10 minutes? And the prime example is Knockhart, who's left-footed, plays on the right wing. Yep. Cavaliera, who's right-footed, plays on the left wing. Very rarely do you see them swapping wings and staying there for 10, 15 minutes. And it's the same all the time. When they get the ball, they cut inside. Everything gets Clammed up in the middle. It's predictable, area. Gordon. It's yeah, and, predictable. If, and if the, the and if the fullbacks then are not in contention, 
to, to make an overlap, you're going into trouble. And I yep. think when we keep going inside and the fullbacks don't, don't overlap, then we're going nowhere because then it closes everything down and you, you're passing and your runs in behind defenders have got to be so accurate, otherwise it's cut out or you're offside. So I think he is learning. And I think, as, as Rob said, even if we didn't go up by the playoffs or even if we the season doesn't finish and they just promote the front for the first two or whatever, then I think you've got to give him another season in the job or at least another half a season to see how we as a club start off uh, in the next coming season, whatever that may be. But I think he's done a, a, a very good job considering uh, it's his first job in football and it's a very, very young managerial setup there as well. Okay, excellent. Great stuff from the two of you. Emilio, over to you. I want to get your thoughts on what the guy shared about Scott Parker. Very interesting discussion from the two of them. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's interesting to you know reflect six, seven months on. I, you know, I, I remember me and Rob having some conversations beginning of the season, how very bullish Rob was you know, with the appointment of Scott. I was a bit more reserved, a little bit more hesitant and um, uncertain. But, you know, in... in if we look back seven months, you know, he's he's done an okay job. Let's let's be frank. It's never easy to come in first managerial role. You've got a lot of pressure and expectations from the fans. You've got owners who are very ambitious and want to go back into the Premier League. So he's under he's under a lot of pressure, as all managers are, but I think more so for, for a young budding manager. And you know, I look look at amongst the fans I sit close by, you know, there's a majority of the people I sit close by are disillusioned with with Scott Parker. I'm very much of the opinion, look, you know, I wasn't inspired with this signing, but you've got to give people a chance. You know, I always, I always use the analogy comparing to Frank Lampard last season, Derby County, so similar in terms of expert experience or lack of experience, you know, not setting the world alight, maybe underperforming with the squads, very, very similar. I and mean, look, he's gone on to bigger, better things and he's doing a, a bloody good job at Chelsea at the moment. So, look, you know, we're third in the league. He's learning game by game. Um, I look at some. I'm taking some of the positives here. I look at the sort of the good the man management side of things. You know, we haven't talked about that this evening. But Kamara's a different player this season you know, compared to last That's year. That's right. You know, That's a huge positive. Yeah, look at the look at the way he's changed. He hasn't changed. He's obviously had to take a lot of coaching him to to change his style and approach and mentality. But I think Scott Parker's got a lot to to take credit for that. Um, you know, Rodak. Look at Rodak. He wasn't afraid to drop everyone's favourite Fulham goalkeeper Bettinelli. Dropped him. He's Rodex has been faultless except for the one game. Um, so again, you've seen the other side of Scott Parker. He's not afraid to to make some ruthless decisions. He's dropped Kenny a few times because he's underperformed this season. Again, dropping your captain is not an easy thing to do as a manager. So he's going to learn game by game. I still believe we're we are underperforming. So to be, I still believe we should be doing better. You know, with the squad that we've got, and the guys have mentioned the fact we're not creating enough chances. We're sort of lacking inspiration at times, we're lethargic. And when I met it, when met up with Scott at a, a, an event at Craven College back in October, he very clearly, you know, I was challenging him about the poor starts to each game. You know, why are we sort of giving chances away very early on at the point that Gordon has made a couple of times this evening. And his philosophy is very much he wants to play from the back. That's the way he wants to play football. And he was very quite firm with me that, he, that he's not going to change that philosophy. And we've seen occasionally he's, he's, he's tried to change the style, have that plan B, play it long to Mitrovic, but ultimately it's quite clear game on game that his philosophy is play from the back, create, keep possession, you know, don't give the ball away, you know, be patient. And, and that's what we've been seeing most of the season. It, it might not be to everyone's satisfaction watching that style of football, but if it's going to get us promoted, I'll, I'll accept that. 
you know, I don't okay. think we will get promoted automatically, but for me, automatic promotion at all costs, as I mentioned earlier, was my, is my priority. So I think there's a lot of positives there, I think, to be honest. And, you know, he's, he's, he's going to improve. But, you know, it's interesting to see a lot of fans are very cynical towards him. Third place is not good enough. Performances are very poor. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not winning games comfortably. And I get all that. But I think that comes with the expectations, yeah. Emilio. Exactly. And my view is you've got to give someone a chance. You can't keep sacking managers. And, you know, as much as you like someone or don't like somebody, you, you've got to take what you've got, support the club at all costs. And that's what's disappointing at times. You know, there have been instances where there's been a lot of booing in, in the stadium. To be honest, you know, you're not going to play well every game. But it disappoints me at times when you've got fans who maybe expect too much and they boo the club off the pitch at half time and at full time. And sometimes it's maybe somewhat warranted. I've never booed my club ever. But you've got to give people time. You've got to give you've got to you've got to trust who's managing your team and the players on the pitch. And yes, we pay our fees to go and to watch the games week in, week out. But you know, if you're gonna start criticizing the players, you know, by booing, then that's not that's not helping any that's not gonna help matters. That's just gonna make things a lot worse. So my point is let's get behind the manager, let's get behind the teams. Let's if we, the season does continue, let's we've got nine, ten games to push on, maybe try to get that second place. Alternatively, let's Let's secure that playoff place, and you know, then it's a lottery. You know, anything's possible. But overall, a good season. To use Rob's analogy, you know, a score report. It's probably probably a B. You know, you probably get a B, not more okay. than a B. Okay, excellent, Scott. Back over to you again. Um, started talking to you a little bit about Scott Park, and, you, and you've um, shared your thoughts. I'm curious what you thought of uh, what the guy shared, and also what Emilio shared uh, about Scott Parker. I, I do like the constructive criticism that Rob and Gordon both gave. I, I, I do like what Gordon shared about the striker feeding off of scraps. I think that's a fair criticism. So what are your thoughts about Scott Parker? Yeah, I mean, again, <clears throat> um, a lot of information taken. There were some good views from the guys, really. Um, so kind of taking a few of my points um, out of my conversation, but I'll try and um, sort of touch on a couple that I sort of heard. I mean, I'll be honest, I wasn't, um, when he was appointed, I wasn't ecstatic about it. Um, I felt that we, we needed to go down the Lisa sort of route um, in regards to a manager. But then you've got to take into the fact that we had a torrid season, um, obviously the season before, and, you know, we we had a risk of, of losing players, you know, uh, you know, the likes of Mitrovic. I mean, shouldn't even be in, in the division, uh, you know, as we speak. So, you know, things like that are probably down um to obviously Scott Parker and a man in management of players. Um you know, I I always knew that there was gonna be some frailties in, in, in the way that he managed because he, he is young, he's he's raw. Um as as Robin Gordon said, you know, he's got a young kind of management team beside him. I mean that Matt who who worked for Tottenham, um, you know, it, I, I don't know if he's ever worked any higher than what he did do um other than the youth policy there, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of one of them sort of situations. And then you're throwing both of them into, you know, possibly one of the toughest leagues, you know, in, in England. Um, and to try and get us out at the first attempt, regardless of, of who we've got in that side, you know, was always a tough ask. Um, I don't think it was ever going to go as smoothly as, you know, obviously just bang, there you go. We, we finished top and, you know, we, we, we ride out to the sunset. I, I knew that was not going to happen. Um, you know, Parker's style for me has been sort of a little bit frustrating. There's a guy that rightly said, you know, he's 
I think he's been kind of adamant in the way that he's wanted to play sometimes. But in that division, you're not going to get away with it all the time playing out from the back because teams right. are going to come like hold it at home. They're just going to sit back, you know. And, and I mean, I watched that game unfold and I was sitting in the Hammersmith end and it was just so easy. We got picked off so easy with him three goals. And it was it was such a simple tactic to just beat us 3-0. And when that third goal went in, you literally heard, you know, the groans go around the actual stadium and just everyone left. Um, you know, and my dad's got a big thing. I think it was what Gordon picked up about these inverted wingers as well. These these inverted right. wingers are, are very frustrating. We and I watched it against um, against Aston Villa because I won um, like a corporate thing in, in, in the Palace, and we got to sit in in, in the Putney. I've never sat there before, so I watched the guys sort of attack. And I think what Gordon was saying, where we, we come up with the ball, and then you know, if a Cavalier or a knockout, we we cut in. Then we cut in some more, and then we cut in some more, and all of a sudden we're all sort of bunched up in the middle. Yep. And then you get people like Christie or whatever trying to work the flanks, and then they weren't getting any kind of distribution on the ball. And then obviously we, we go back again and we start, and it, you know it's so frustrating the way that we do that. Um, you know, some of the the best successes Mitro I believe has had when you know when we was under Chikanovic, you know we we worked those flanks, and we we you know we didn't cut in, we you know we drilled the ball across into the five six yard box, and Mitro. Right. Bang bang every single time, um, and a strike of that quality, Russell. I mean, if you put the ball at his feet or on his head, within that distance, he scores nine times out of ten. But in this instance, you know, you you're kind of watching Mitro having to sort of drop back deep sometimes. You know, do work that he doesn't need to do. Um, you know, situations where um, we've had Onomer in the side as well, and I felt that that's kind of nullified kind of the way that Kearney's played in the positions that he's played in the side. You know, yeah. and all this is part and parcel of, you know, kind of Parker learning his trade, you know, understanding what his best 11 is, you know, the best way that the players play within the side. You're not going to get all of your stars in one team. Um, there's going to be players that kind of, you know, will give you 100% every game. There's going to be players that, you know, come into the side that are impact players that, that will win you games within the last sort of 10, 15 minutes. Um, you know, and I feel that that's been part and parcel of our season this year. We've not really sort of, you know, from the loss of Barnes at the beginning, we've always been very bit part. It's a couple of steps forward, three steps back, a couple of steps forward, three steps back. And, you know, within a poor league, we still sit third, which, you know, for, for any reason, I think is a good season for Parker. Um, yeah. You know, just touching on what the guys were saying about, um, you know, if we come to next season, we don't get promoted. I mean, I'm kind of sitting in the same boat as Emilio. I think for us, the top two, um, I think has gone, I think, we had our opportunity um, to, to press that with the games against Barnsley and Millwall. Um, I just think that, you know, Leeds have got an easy run in now. I think Rob's quite right in saying that they probably will run away with it. And I do believe West Bromwich has got a little bit too much for us in front of goal to, to make sure they keep, you know, a distance in front of us. Um, and I'm not sure with, you know, the way that we're playing at the moment or the experience with Scott Parker, we've got enough to get through them playoffs. However, um, Coming into, say, next season, if we don't get promoted, will they probably keep him in a job? I would probably say yes. Um, he's probably got more of an opportunity to keep that side again together. Um, he'll know a little bit more about how he wants to play. Um, it might be a little bit more say in regards to sort of you know players that he may want to bring in. And he's going to be that little bit more experienced. And it could right. be a case within the second season, we hit the ground running and his philosophy carries all the way through. Um, and that's how I kind of see this panning out. Um, so that's my thoughts. I mean, you know, he's done okay. Um, you know, 
he's been blessed, I think, with coming into a job first time around with, you know, undoubtedly one of the best strikers in the league and, and, and that kind of quality around him. I think if he come into a squad maybe that Kit Simons has, it's a completely different story. Um, but it's not that way. It's worked out as it is. So, um, yeah, I, he's done a half-decent job. Okay, excellent. Good stuff from all of you. Okay. To end the show, want to talk to Robin Gordon also, obviously, Scott and Emilio, about what happens next. We're talking about Fulham season. It's currently on hold for a horrible situation that we're all dealing with. We're all affected by the coronavirus pandemic. And let me just say, as I said on the prior show, I just want everyone to be safe. And if for some reason you do get the coronavirus, please get the help that you need. So I just want to mention that. So under the situations, these are very unusual situations that I've never seen in in uh, in life. So we're all dealing with this. It's all new. And uh, we all have to see how this all plays out. But in regards to the rest of the season, I want to get all of your opinions and thoughts on two things. And I'll ask you both the same thing. Do you think the season will continue? And should it continue? It's two different questions because I think that it should continue. This Here's my opinion, guys, and then I definitely want your thoughts. I think they need to see it out. I don't think it's fair that Leeds United, There's again, there's been this talk from a pundit that Leeds United and also West Brom should get automatically get promoted to a 22-team Premier League Liverpool win. No one gets relegated. I, I think it's ridiculous. That's just my opinion. I think you need to see this season out. That's just my opinion. Scott just sent us an article that comes from the BBC. It's entitled Coronavirus Championship Club Support Finishing Season After Pandemic Eases. And I just want to say I completely agree with that. I think they need to see the season out. Do I think it's going to come to fruition? I hope so. That's just my thoughts on that. Rob, I'll go to you first. Two parts here. Yeah. Yeah, do you yeah. think that, um, do you think the season will continue? And your thoughts, you know, would you agree with the decision if it didn't? No, obviously uh, we touched on it earlier. I mean, I'm of the opinion that I think we should finish this season, both Premiership and and, and Championship and the other two divisions. Um, you know, if this goes on till till June or July, as I said earlier, I think we've got nine games. To, you know, that's, you could play Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. You could get all them games done in three weeks. They could right. have uh, three or four weeks off and we could start the following season in late September you know, and, and just extend it. Um, yes, the rumours are, are pretty strong in the media about this so-called 22 with West Brom and Leeds going up uh, and no one coming down from um, the Premiership. Rob, I find that very unfair, by the way. It is fair, very unfair, and I would have thought Fulham and many clubs in the, in the Championship will be looking at the legal side of that and I know there's nothing in the rule book or anything like that, um, but I think when you've got the chairman of the Premiership, you know, probably dictating to hierarchy what should happen from the top downwards. Um, I don't think Mr. Khan and chairmans in Championships will have too much say in it. If I were honest, uh, okay. I think the fair the fair way round is to finish the season. Uh, if it goes beyond, you know, if it goes beyond June or July, you know, we should put an action plan together and say, okay, you know, if the season doesn't start by first of June which we could finish by the end of June, um, then, you know, it's null and void or you have a plan B. But I think there should be an action plan. I don't think whatever decision they make on Thursday 
um, should affect the championship and, and, and the other two divisions. It's going to be very unfair. You know, probably three or four games ago, we were probably sitting in second. And if we were there right. like West Brom now and Leeds, we'd, we'd probably be saying, yeah, we'd go for it. But, you know, it, it, in the grand scheme of things, you've got to look at the other end of the table. You know, teams that are probably just off relegation or, you know, teams that are probably eighth, ninth in the championship who could probably think they could string a few That's results right. and get into the playoffs. So the, the legal side of it is going to be very, um, you know, there's nothing that's... Uh, uh, ever ever going to come up in this sort of scenario again? It is a very unfortunate, uh, very unfortunate disease that's spreading around the world. And like you say, uh, just hopefully uh, everyone we know, family, friends, and supporters all all stay safe. Absolutely, and that's the number one thing I, I wanted to make sure I said before we talk about the football end of this is I want everyone to stay safe. Gordon, I want your view of this again. I, I was very outspoken on the last show that. I, again, want them to finish the season regardless. The only other option I would take is not one that I would prefer, and that would be make the season null and void. I, I, again, I, I wouldn't like that, but I wouldn't like at all this suggestion of Liverpool winning the Premier League, no teams getting relegated, and then you have West Brom and Leeds United getting promoted to a 22-team Premier League. I just, again, I it rubs me the wrong way. I know I'm a Fulham fan, but I don't think it's fair to several teams, not just Fulham. No, you're, you're right in the, the last comment that you make. Um, whatever decision uh, the powers that be make, they're going to be wrong in someone's eyes unless right. they somehow finish the, the league. And I say leagues off because we're in a pyramid system. That's right. And whatever happens from the Premier Effects. League to the Championship yep. – has got to go down through the well. I know it's the national league, what I call the conference, and right. through the, uh, the 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 regional leagues. So if they're going to turn around and say there's two up, but no relegation this year, they've got to do that with every. In my opinion, from a legal point of view, they've then got to do that with every league that is under their authority in the English Football League Association. So it it, it is going to turn into a uh, a legal nightmare, to be perfectly honest with you. Whichever league you're in and whatever part you're in, whether it's top or bottom, um, it, it's going to be difficult. With, with with Rob saying there is enough time, hopefully we get this pandemic uh, under control so that at least games can be played. But then you start looking at the situation, Russ. Yep. Are, the last nine games of the season going to be played behind closed doors. That's Are true. the playoffs then going to be played behind closed doors? And you're not going to have a final at Wembley. They're not going to take two teams to a 90,000-seater 90, stadium with 50 people there. So that would probably have to be played on a neutral ground. So uh, it, there, there's a lot to, to, to go and think about from the powers that be and what they're going to come up with, I don't think anybody has any idea at present. But from my point of view, I, I cannot see this virus being sorted out uh, so that games can be played behind closed doors even at, at, in um, the end of May, June or, or even July. Because you only need one of the players at one of the clubs to test positive between now and for instance, the end of May, right. and then you're back to you're back to square one. So unfortunately, although I would like to see 
the, the games played and the leagues finished, I'm 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 going to take stick like you are. I think the games or the season is going to be classed as null and void, and okay. everybody is going to be in the same position uh, at the beginning of next season. But the beginning of next okay, season that's... could be September, October, or November. Wow! Listen, you could end up being right, Gordon. That's why I wanted to have this conversation because no one knows, and uh, and I'll stress this one more time. I don't want them to continue anything until everyone. Is safe until yeah. that's the number Correct. one here. I, I'm not suggesting yeah. let's start it in June because I want to see football. No, I don't want them to do it until yeah. everything is safe. I said 100%. There's nothing 100% in life, but I want it to be as close as possible that we can go back to playing football when everything is safe. And then yeah, like, football is uh, football is a very small part of a much bigger and wider problem. And absolutely. you've got to sort that problem out first. I totally agree. I'm glad we're talking about it in, in those terms, Gordon. Thank you for sharing that. Over to you, Scott, your thoughts on all of this. Yeah, it's quite a messy one. Um, I mean, when you look at it on a whole, it's, um, you know, you look at every kind of angle of this and, you know, you're going to get West Brom, you know, I'm making an example here, you know, West Brom and Leeds are going to say, well, we sat in the top two for, you know, most of the season and we, you know, we deserve to go up and, you know, I see some argument on Twitter the other day, and it was kind of like they were sitting. Someone saying, "Oh, we sat in the top two, and we've had the best form in the last time." I thought myself, "Well, hold on a minute, you've not actually had the best form." <laughs> um, there's teams that picked up more points. Um, yep. If you put that on over, say nine or ten games, um, it's quite. You know, you could quite easily be caught. Um, as we know, this league, this division. Um, you know, it changes very quickly and we, we know how close it can be towards the end of the season. And, you know, with, with 10 games to go, it's generally when this division comes to life. Um, you know, so I, I get that point. Um, but then obviously in our position, sitting third, you know, um, we, you know, again, yes, being biased and a Fulham fan, we, we picked up slightly. We, we could probably do enough just to catch either West Brom or, you know, um, not Leeds, but West Brom. Um, you know, and then you've got the, the team sitting outside the playoffs, you That's know, right. um, within a stone's throw. And their argument will be, well, you know, we, we could have gained points over these next nine games and actually made it into the playoffs. And as you know, the playoffs is a lottery. We could have actually gone up. You look at the teams down there. Um, how can I explain it? I mean, you look at Cholton. I mean, Cholton, right. in a long time, they look like, you know, they're going to get relegated if, if the league carries on. If they survive this season, um, you know, and it's null and void and they go on next season, they could end up buying the league and, you know, the money that they've got and it could be completely unfair to everyone else that's competed. You know, it's there's so many variations that can be thrown into this. It's, you know, financial implications for clubs. Um, you know, you look at the Premier League and, and of course, Brian Chevin's going to come out and say, you know, well, we shouldn't have anyone relegated because the team in the Championship. Um, but when you look at that bottom three of the Premier League, there's been some damn right all 14 that season. Um, Absolutely. Relegated. Um, you know, so there's so many ifs and buts. And, but but looking at it, there is no fair way that I think that they, they can plan this out without somebody, you know, getting hurt by this or, or somebody True. being pleased by it. But Scott, you know, that's why I think they need to finish it. Yeah, I, I agree, Russ. But like um, I think um, Gorm was saying, I mean, how long is this going to go on? I mean, how I long before, before you say that you can finish this league? Because, only one player gets infected and it puts us back another three months and it goes on, it goes on, it goes on. Um, I mean, I'm looking at it as a Fulham fan. I want promotion this season. Um, you know, I, I want my club up there, you know, 
competing with the elite. Um, you know, regardless of where we get bad week in, week out, um, that's just where I want my club to be. Um, but if the only option is to null and void the season to make it fair all round, um, and they turn around and say, it's null, it's voided next season. Uh, for argument's sake, they turn around and say there's an embargo in place. Um, you've got the players that you had. You continue with those squads. Um, you know, we can continue with, I don't know, maybe sort of financial fair plays it was from the season before and keep those assets in place and replay again to make it fair because you couldn't replay the season again and have a brand new window because, like I said, you Cholton could just come along and, and buy their way out of it. That's um, right. Leeds will be deeper in it financially because, you know, they're really... <laughs> now in regards to what you know money they can spend and stuff like That's that right. whatever they do has to be a level playing field yep, um, i agree to make it competitive again for the next season um and like gorman said i just i i can't see where they're going to fit this in to get these games finished um and i think if we can listen to rumors where you know they're talking about promoting the top two and you know no one gets relegated from the premier league i think you know Something's going to hit the fan and it's going to cause a lot of problems all round. Um, I wouldn't like to call it, um, but it's going to be very, very interesting how this pans out. It's going to be a little bit like Brexit, I think. It's going to be, you know, so many different topics pushing and pulling and disagreements. Yep. And, you know, and I, and I don't think this is going to be the nice part of football, unfortunately. Okay. Fair stuff there, my friend. Emilio, I'm going to give you the final word on all this. What a bloody mess, eh? <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> Just being pragmatic, you know, you look, you've got businesses on the verge of collapse. You've got economies on the verge of going into recession. You know, big airlines needing bailouts from governments. It's, you know, where does football come into this? You know, every, every person, every business is suffering in some shape or form. You know, why should football be any different, to be honest? You know, businesses are collapsing. They're trying to get government bailouts and support. I, I honestly don't think the season. I think the season will eventually be null and void. I can't unless there's a miraculous recovery to this virus. I can't see there's any likelihood these games will be played out. In my opinion, there's, there's trying to be optimistic, but with all the speculation and with all the scientists' predictions, this is going to this is going to go on for many many months. And even the recovery phase beyond that, you know, even if this all if every if it gets contained, the countries are managing it on a local basis. You know, this is going to take years of recovery. You know, the, the economies are slumping, the stock markets are crashing. We're going to end up in very, in a very different world once we get to the other side of this virus. So I honestly don't see how, how there's a chance to, you know, to play the remaining games. There's an opportunity potentially to play fewer games, you know, reduce the number of games, and maybe play bottom six of the top one division, play the top six of the next division, and just have a playoff game. So yep. six or whatever the outcome is of that two gamer will depend who goes up or who stays in the same division. That's one way of reducing games behind maybe closed doors and you know you just have bottom Norwich playing Leeds. Second bottom Premier League plays second place. So give everyone a bit more fairer crack of the whip. That's something potentially another option. But realistically I I, I think that this season will be a write off in my honest opinion. We I think we have to look at the bigger picture here. You know football's just one 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 sport affected all the other sporting events. Grand National being cancelled, sporting the World Snooker Championship is likely to be cancelled. You know what? You're not going to re, you're not going to replay. You just have to just just accept that this year it's not going to happen, and you move on to next year. So everyone's in the same territory, whether it's football, business, school, yep. name it. So I just think I honestly think it's there's not going to be any other option but just to write it off. But let's see. 
we can miraculously survive this this epidemic and pandemic. We're going to call it the next few weeks and great, but we're ready into the middle of March. And the recovery phase isn't particularly promising. You know, before you know it, you're coming into August and September for next season. I think sure. I think everything we need to start planning for four to six months time, not four to six weeks time. So I think I think everyone has to accept it's just one of those things. That's just life. Okay. Yeah, very, very interesting from you, Amelia, from Scott and, and the guys as well. It's uh it's a hard one. And we're just gonna have to see how this all plays out. But I'll just end by saying one last time, I just want everyone to be safe with the coronavirus pandemic. It's um, no joke and it's affecting everything like Amelia was talking about. It affects it's affecting everyone, affecting all kinds of businesses. It it, it really is just terrorizing the entire world and we're just going to have to see this out and we'll see where football fits into that when that recovers okay great show guys before we go first gordon thank you as always for joining us and coming back my friend i really appreciate it thank thank you russ it it doesn't seem uh like yesterday when i came on but when you say it's sort of eight months ago it's it's amazing but uh but i've 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 enjoyed uh, this evening uh, Will or myself have uh, agreed more Good. than disagreed, and uh, all I could say is whoever <laughs> listens to uh, to this podcast, uh, then stay safe, and we'll see you at some point. Thank you for saying that, Rob. Thank you as always for joining us. I really appreciate it. No problem, Russ. Uh, nice to talk to you, Gordon, uh, Scott, and Amelia. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Some fantastic topics. Some you know heartbreaking topics to finish off mm-hmm. with, as as we rightly say. The grand scheme of things, you know, like I say, I've, we're all in business and we've all got day-to-day jobs and it's, yep. it's going to be a very, very tough next three, six months, 12 months, you know. So football is is our life outside of our work, but, you know, the the, the grand scheme of things, it's, it's important that your family and friends are all safe and we all survive in some kind of capacity work-wise. Absolutely. Um, and hopefully football will take a, a back step and come into play at some point. But, yeah, great show, guys. Thanks. I appreciate that. Okay, great. Scott, thank you as always for joining us. It's been too long. Come back soon, my friend. Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure coming on again, Russ. Um, I just think we've all been sort of slightly busy in what we're doing. Um, but let me just touch on what Rob was saying. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I work in telecommunications, Russ, and you know, I'm feeling the full impact of this now because um, obviously with quarantines going on, they're setting people up, you know, working from home. Um, you know, so we're having to do things like, you know, again, there with soft clients, mobile apps and stuff like that. They can operate their business where and where they can. Um, I mean, a lot of my kind of clients, or not all of it, but a sort of portion of it is um, hospitality. So if you can imagine things now like restaurants and stuff like that, they're not they're not going to have any you know, type of sort of custom coming in now because they're advising obviously not to, to go to some sort of places and, and, and they rely heavily on that. So, you know, they're still going to have bills to pay. They're still going to have, you know, lives to live and mortgages to pay and stuff like that. And it all kind of, you know, you, you sort of look at it in the financial implications um, of this and what it does kind of just sheds a bit of light on it. And there's, you know, there is a life outside of football. So, you know, I'm sure it all get sorted out one way or the other. Uh, but like everyone else, you know, we all stay safe and, um, you know, we just try and keep ourselves entertained by doing things like this during that break. And, you know, we'll hopefully see everyone back here once this thing sorts itself out. Okay, excellent. Emilio, thank you as always for doing the show. This is your idea, and it was a great idea to have a little fun. Even though we ended on a serious topic, this was a fun show. 
Yeah, absolutely. And again, I just echo what everyone said. It's, you know, I work in financial services. Obviously, it's been a very, it's been a difficult time emotionally and with all the, the stock markets crashing and all the uncertainty around the world. But at the end of the day, this podcast will still survive coronavirus. Trust me, we'll still be here over and beyond coronavirus. <laughs> Bullet Football Club will be here over and beyond coronavirus. So, you know what? You know, we've got a trusted brand. Fulham's a trusted brand. Let's just continue to support the club and the podcast. And, uh, Let's reflect, you know, on the past. Let's also look at the ten-year anniversary of the Juventus wins. You know, that's 10 right. Tomorrow, so you know, that's one amazing moment in our lives, which we'll never forget, with or without coronavirus. So, yep. like I said, you know, it's a great show. I've enjoyed talking with everyone tonight, and hopefully, we'll we'll do it again soon. And maybe if there's an opportunity for those games to be to be played, then who knows? We might be celebrating something even better. But I think. Let's just say the main, most important thing is to stay safe, healthy, enjoy your time with your family, enjoy that lockdown mode as well if you can, everybody. Yep. And uh, if you need to reach out and want to speak to Fulham fans, you know where we are, guys. Uh, I'm glad that you said that, Emilio. Great stuff. Just everyone stay safe. One last thing I do want to mention about Juventus match that was, it'll be 10 years. Again, we're recording this on Tuesday night, which is St. Patrick's Day. It'll be um, 10 years on Wednesday, and the club is doing something special, so check out the Fulham website. There's an article on this, uh, Juventus We Live. They have all these plans for Wednesday to celebrate that match. But um, read the article. It'll explain all about it, but it'll be good to relive that magic match that I'll never forget, and uh, uh, I'm glad that the club is doing that. Okay. Great show, guys, but let's wrap this up. For this episode of Cottage Talk, my name is Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cottage Talk. For Fulham fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats, and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free COY Whites app now from the App Store and Google Play. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.